We're live on Facebook. Three of us here. I'm Harry Schrader. Adam Donier, Derek Durrell is with us. And uh, these two gentlemen wrote a great book. It's called Win by Two. I have it right here. And you can purchase it. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Adam, you are the head basketball coach at Link Year Prep in Branson, Missouri. You've been on our podcast before. So great, uh, grateful that you're with us again today. And, and Derek and you have a story to tell us. I mean, it's such an exciting story that the two of you crafted and lived out together. Uh, but I want to start with you, Adam. Tell us how you two met in the very first place. Yeah, we both have a love for basketball. And I was teaching at a private Christian school in Kansas City. And there was a day I got tired of grading papers. And Derek and all his friends were literally playing on the court that was outside of the house I was living in at the time. And um, I went over there and tried to get in some pickup games with, with no luck initially. They wouldn't let me play. I think they thought I was a scrub. And so uh, they wouldn't pick me up, but I was persistent. And eventually I got to play some pickup games with them. And through the process, I developed with a friendship to this day, who's been 14 years, my brother from another mother. And uh, yeah, love Derek Dealey. And I never would have thought the friendship that we forged would have taken place those 14 years ago. So. And Derek, you, you were playing in those pickup games and you had a nickname that I want. Can you tell <laughs> us about your nickname and where you got it? Oh man, just a great imagination. You know, pretty cocky when you're young and you play all the time. You're kind of arrogant because you be in your comfort zone. Wherever you grew up at playing basketball at, usually after a while, that's your stumping grounds. Well, with me, I felt like it was my basketball court and I felt I was known for winning up there. So, it's a nickname. So tell everybody the nickname. We we haven't that people haven't heard it yet. I know it, but the people watching they don't know it. Okay, state line hibachi. Yeah. So tell us what that means. Oh man, the particular time what it meant was I was always hot, and because of the court that we played at separated Missouri and Kansas, it was called state line. I just so I felt anywhere in that area, I felt like I was hot. You know. <laughs> uh, uh, as an old hooper myself, like I told you, I, re I started reading the first part of the book and I thought, I'm already mad at him because I want that nickname. But anyway, I'm a bocce, baby. that's just spectacular. Uh, you guys met in a very unlikely way. I mean, you, you were talking about meeting on the basketball court, though, uh, Adam, and, and you were a, a basketball player at Boise State and you were coaching there in Kansas City. And uh, you guys forged a friendship actually just on the playground and, and then it, when did it, where did it go from there? Yeah, I, I just took such a liking to Derek and realized he had such a high basketball IQ, especially for uh, a young man that had never played college basketball. And so my superintendent at the time told me I needed to hire an assistant coach and he was open for me to hire anybody. And I just really started connecting with Derek and I pursued him to come be my assistant coach and to my surprise, we somehow pulled it off and got him hired at this private Christian school to be my assistant coach. And, and Derek, do you think that was a likely place for you? I mean, it, it was a little bit out of outside of your normal realm, wasn't it? Very. Very <laughs> much outside. You know, I really didn't believe the opportunity was realistic. Not thinking that he was lying. What it is, is I had never even heard of the school and I'm from here. 
you know, and I'm thinking like, so they're going to hire somebody with my background at this private yet Christian school at that. Your you know, back so I didn't think it was possible. Your background, uh, we might refer to it as sketchy. You had some struggles with the law, some drug, you were going to, you ended up in jail for a while. And, and, and I want to talk about that a little bit, but, but as I read through the book and tell me if you guys both think this is, if I'm right about this, though you came from wildly different backgrounds, your upbringings had a whole lot of similarities, didn't they? I would agree. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. Derek used to say, uh, he and I are kind of same kind of different of each other. We're the same kind of different. And yeah, our, our backgrounds, I think that's why we connected and why our hearts are so uh, ignited together is because we have so much similarities in our backgrounds. Struggles, broken homes, those kinds of things for both of you. And, and so, you know, you, you had similar needs almost like similar struggles and similar needs. And, and, and Derek, when you, when you guys first met, I remember reading in the book, you were trying to lay low because you're trying to not, be noticed by the local authorities. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, pretty much, it was just trying to get rid of old habits, stay away. The time I had left, I really just wanted to spend with my son, Darius, you know? So at the particular time, it was like, I wasn't trying to get to know no one, and I was trying to fight my own demons of what I used to do for a living, you know? So anybody who came around me, I thought was either a cop or just, I don't know, you know, if I didn't know you, I didn't know you. You guys said in the book that, that when he started showing up at the playground, you guys thought he was a, a an awkward looking uh, undercover cop. <laughs> Very much so, because I had never seen him before <laughs> at all. And he was just standing there more than overdressed to play basketball. <laughs> you know, the headband and everything, you know, more than overdressed. And yet... He really was just a gift from God, you know? <laughs> so, so as you guys begin to get to know each other and you're playing basketball and, and you say in the book, see, I, I love this book so much. And listen, there, you guys got to make a movie out of it. I just want to be a stand. I just want to be a, a walk-by guy. I want to be one of the guys on the streets just walking by. But it's, it, would make, <laughs> it would make a great movie. Um, right. But, but when you, uh, you talk about those, like, like I said, I'm an old basketball player. You learn – almost everything you need to know about somebody on a basketball court, don't you? And early on, uh, Derek, you looked at the way he played and you liked the way he played because he played tenacious defense and he was a team first guy. Right. Right. I liked the way he played because he was willing to play defense and he was willing to pass me the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. As as long as you were hot, you were always hot. So that was smart. Hey, the funny part about it is he's a way better shooter than me. But at, <laughs> but at my court, I'm pulling anything from half court. You know, that's just how it used to be. Amazing. What kind of what kind of background did you have in basketball? Just playing in the streets? Did you play in school, high school, junior high, whatever, those kind of games? Yeah, nothing past high school. Yeah. But uh, so you brought I'm him on to your – street ball. Lot, well, that's honestly the best ball a lot of times. Uh, you brought him onto your team, and what kinds of things did Derek start teaching your guys, Adam? Oh, man, toughness! Like, like he just said, the majority of his background was playing street ball, and so, you know, sometimes when you get suburb kids that have been silver spoon fed a little bit, the the toughness isn't there. They might be super skilled uh, or super conditioned, but there there was a toughness that that Derek brought to practice every day, and I knew that. I knew one of the reasons why I was so excited to bring him on board is. 
we need to be tough. And uh, they respected him. They respected his knowledge. They, they respected his demeanor. I mean, if you look at him, he's six five. He looks like he should be playing linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, uh, we're the odd couple for sure. But um, I, I would tell you, Harry, the number one thing w was every day he showed up at practice, our, our toughness was just on a different level than it would have been without him. Amazing. Now, there's a whole lot to this story. Your guys' friendship became vital. Derek did end up in jail, and, and you were working with him all through those times, staying connected and so forth, and helping with Darius, his son. And I want to talk about Darius a little bit more later on. Uh, but, but Derek, early in the book, it talks about this encounter you have kind of, I think it was in the shower or something, when, when you start to realize God's trying to reach out to you. And then, and then he weaves Adam into your life. Talk a little bit about that journey to actually finding out that, that, that Jesus is real. Well, I start with the fact that before any of these particular things happened, I was one of them people who believed that people only call on God when they're in trouble. So I was one of them stubborn people who felt like I would never call on God. But when I was incarcerated uh, in a county, before, I, before they even gave me bond, they told me I was a flight risk. They told me all these particular things, right? Well, then my son gets brought to see me. He's seven months. And at the particular time, he'll be in seven months. It's only visit. He came in that short period of time. I'm wondering what's wrong with him, you know? And he's knocking on the glass. Well, his mother's like he wants his father. Right then and there, this humbling feeling came in me of like, wow. So basically, he's not going to have me like I didn't have mine. So... I goes back, we say the visit ends around two. I make one phone call and say, hey, can you go get my wallet and stuff from down there at the local station or whatever. I, mean, I swear I prayed for five minutes, but when I was done, Oprah was on. And Oprah comes on at four o'clock at the particular time. <laughs> I did not know I prayed for two hours. Wow. Well, I calls back and I check because it's just really two hours away. And I talked to them for a little bit. That leads to them, basically, the cops having to change your heart in regards to me being a flight risk. And next year, you know, I get out. I'm trying to move through the conversation. So I guess out. Well, I'm so scared because I'm thinking, why they let me out? I'm not a snitch, you know? Little did I know the power of prayer. Wow. Well, first thing I do is go take a shower. I take a shower, and in my mind, it's almost like I left that stuff two hours away. And then it's like this light came without me knowing at the particular time that Jesus Christ is the light of man. And it showed me the jail cell and it showed me my son and it showed me me praying. I mean, I immediately came out the bathroom talking about this. I go to the playpen and picks my son up and kiss him and said, I feel like he helped save my life. Right then and there, I had a new defined focus. And from that point on, I'm thinking, what am I gonna do with this idle time? And I remember I used to always go play basketball so, you know, I'm going to go to the park and take him to the park with me. Before you know it, I start back playing basketball. And that eventually led me on a different journey. And I bumped into Mr. Donius, you know. <laughs> and from there, you know. Our God is a big God, and he can uh, do so many unique and crazy things. And, Adam, you and I talked about this before, but – you weren't exactly raised in a Christian home and, and you had to have your own journey, didn't you? Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. And so, you know, it's unique. And I, and I think that's what makes Derek and I's story so special is 
as God used what I idolized, which was basketball, to bring me to him. He also used basketball to bring the relationship I have with Derek now. And, and so he, he used it to save me from so many other ills. And so, uh, yeah, I think if there wasn't my passion for basketball, I probably more than likely wouldn't be sitting here right now talking to the two of you. Uh, I'm sure I would have ended up in, in a lot different circumstance for sure. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about this too much right now, but how old is Darius right now, Derek? He is 14. He's actually right next to me doing his homework. Spectacular. I, I want to know him someday. I mean, like I, I fell in love with him in the book. You know how you do that? You start to, you start to, you start to live in the book. Oh, there we go. Hi, Darius. You're my live. man, my main man, Darius. <laughs> right. They both say hello, Darius. Darius right. actually say hello. I just got earpiece in my ear. <laughs> he's uh, and now he's trending on the World Wide Web. It's spectacular. Um, right. Adam, uh, you said uh, when you read a book like this about a about a white guy and an urban African American guy, often there's kind of this well, the white guy rescued the black guy kind of vibe. And you made it very clear in the book that this was a, uh, an extremely two-way, win-win, beneficial relationship. It's not like, wow, I rescued this guy that you guys just became friends. Yeah, make that crystal clear. This was, this was nothing about being Derek's hero. Like, like Derek grew me, taught me, sharpened me, was patient with me, uh, helped me see things. Yeah, Harry, there's so many things that were, this was a mutual beneficial relationship. This was not a give, give, like, like Derek gave just as much, if not more. And, and part of that was him allowing me into his story, uh, allowing me into his home, um, uh, allowing me to see circumstances I never saw. And, and so I tell people all the time is, is we're so quick to know or think we know how somebody should act or the way they should respond, but we're not willing to walk in their shoes. And so, man, Derek took me past Paseo and Truce in, into his neighborhood and into his house and, and parts that he grew up in. And, and I got to see the, the caged windows and the different neighborhoods and the liquor stores on every corner and the cash marts and, and, and just the different setup that he had in his neighborhood that, that hardly helps anybody set up for success versus the suburbs I was living in over in Johnson County versus Jackson County. And for me, Harry, it was probably one of the healthiest times at such an important time in my life for, for me to really see that and realize that. Because to be honest, I grew up in San Diego where I didn't realize there was that much of a divide. And then you get to the Midwest and it was a little different, to be honest. I didn't realize there was really all this stuff taking place. And it really opened my eyes in so many ways. And even to this day, Harry, I think it's hard to have conversations with people that don't understand um, their opportunities and, and the, the blessings that are put before them uh, until they're truly willing to walk alongside so close to somebody that you get to be in their neighborhoods, that you get to be with them as they experience, that you get to go to court dates with them, that you get to sit in jail with them, that you get to see those circumstances. And, and it really is such a healthy thing for me and, and it's really grown me a ton. And, and I have Derek to thank for that. I have so much to thank him for. Uh, Derek, what was it about Adam, uh, not just his basketball playing and all that, but what he, he probably had to prove some things to you about who he was and, and talk a little bit about what maybe some of those things were. Well, for me, it's pretty much this. He got me to trust him. 
you know, by just being authentic. See, from my point of view, for anyone who thinks there's an angle with him, I'm just thinking, what did he benefit, you know, other than being a servant of the Lord, you know? Everything would just naturally happen. It's nowhere in the world I thought that we would be able to get to know each other, yet 14 years later, had this strong of a relationship, you see? So for me, him being himself and not being anyone else made it to where I trusted him, which is rare. And I trusted him because as I think I could easily say, it's a story in the Bible about Paul and when the scales came from his eyes, it gave, it opened up his vision. So basically for me at the particular time, after starting to pray and stuff, I had a different perspective. Everything wasn't street, 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 street. It was more or less I could relax and I can be myself. I don't have to be so uptight. If you don't really have to worry about a cop if you're not doing nothing wrong, you see? So with that being said, over time, just having this natural communication with him, you can't get in the way of what God's word is or what God's work is, you know? And then the things I learned, it was meant to be that we meet, even though at the time I didn't know. You guys, uh, I, I'm guessing, I only know, I'm only guessing this. Have you guys gone around, spoken at churches, groups, whatever, together? Have you done a lot of that stuff yet? We, we just did our first mini little book tour last week, and I have to share this. It, it was the coolest thing, Harry. So first he came and spoke to all my link year students, knocked it out of the park. And then that night we went to Springdale, Arkansas, and he spoke at a halfway house. Uh, with, with a friend that I know down there in Springdale, Arkansas, that, that runs ret Returning to Home. And was the irony in that is, is his first sentence was in Forest City, Arkansas, where he started serving his time. And so now he's back in a halfway house, a transitional living to help people transition from prison to real life. And he's sitting there sharing the gospel with all these guys that just that got out of jail a day or two days or three days ago. And I'm trying to hold back the tears thinking about how awesome is our God and how big is our God. Here's a guy literally eight years ago, nine years ago was just sent us to prison. And now he's sitting there telling all these guys just that he got out of prison. God's not done writing your story. Mm. God's still got plans for your life. Uh, and so we did that and I'm just shook and where I'm driving back telling him how proud I am of him. I'm like, I know I ain't your daddy, Derek, but man, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and then the next day we got on the plane and we flew down to Fort Worth and, and did an event in, in Fort, two events in Fort Worth, Texas, both at a, at a high school and then a church that night. So. It's awesome. It's awesome. And here you are live with, on Facebook with me. So, I mean, like the sky's the limit now, right? Big time stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I told him he better be ready for the tour live. He's about to be a superstar, which is funny. <laughs> him and I used to always quote the Loopy Fiasco song together. So he better watch out. Hi, we're, we're talking with Adam Donier and Derek Durrell. They wrote the book, Win by Two. Uh, I wanted to have them on because the, the book so touched me, so impacted me. And, and strangely, uh, you guys talk about the way the Lord works. In the last couple of months, I just bumped into books. This one, a book called The Dream King by uh, uh, two pastors, uh, preachers, minister guys, one's white, one's black, and they found out they had a a history with one another before they knew each other and they ended up becoming best friends. Uh, before that, I had read the book by, uh, by Tim Scott and Trey Gowdy, two Congress people, one white, one black, that became best of friends. And I just stumbled into all these books uh, through lots of different circumstances in the midst of all that our country is going through right now.
in terms of uh, social struggles and, and, and racial unrest. It's such a timely book. Uh, talk about that. Uh, it, you know, obviously you didn't plan on writing the book because there was going to be an international race crisis, but the Lord's hand is in the timing of this book coming out even, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's no question. Uh, there's absolutely no question. But, you know, Derek referred to it a second ago when he said, when you do the Lord's work. And so I've learned, I get frustrated when, when people have said the term, I don't see color. Mm. I do see color. Derek's black and he's beautiful in his blackness. As a matter of fact, in his blackness is his Imago day. He's made in the image of God, whether he's black, white, green, yellow, or whatever. And so because I was a believer, I always saw him as Imago Dei. And I, and I believe wholeheartedly, Harry, that if more of the country would see people in Imago Dei, we would see a lot less civil unrest. That's, that's kind of a real fancy word. Could you tell us what that means? Yeah, Imago Dei is just a Latin word for image of God, to be made in the image of God. We are his image bearers. And, and so there, there's not one person that is not made in his image. And so I think when we understand that and we understand the magnitude of that, it helps us to walk in humility and not think that we're better or, or have anything better than anyone just because of the color of our skin. Derek, where you uh, live and act and move, I mean, I don't know the, the racial tension level in Kansas City. Adam's down there in, in uh, Branson and I'm here in St. Louis. We've had all kinds of riots and whatnot, and I've been on the streets with people in the, in the midst of all that stuff. What's it like in Kansas City these days? It seems to have simmered a little bit right now in St. Louis, but what's it like in Kansas City? I mean, from my perspective, I feel like it's simmered a lot since the peak, you know. I feel like it just simmered a lot. It's a lot more calm. For me, I feel like it really tested your faith because – there's a lot of vulnerability out there. And if you're not sharpening yourself with iron and strengthening yourself with the Lord's word, and if you're not making your heart right with the Lord's word, because you can actually be reading the Lord's word and be more Pharisee, you will get caught up. You will get caught up because you are a human being. Yeah, well, it's funny for me personally, my own experiences are, being on the streets with people, praying in, on the streets while riots are going on, those kinds of things. And it's crazy, right? I mean, we're, we're in, this, in the middle of this thing, and, and yet we have this golden opportunity to represent something of the love of God, you know? And, and, uh, and, and I think your guys' story helps uh, talking also, as you mentioned, Adam, for us to actually see difference and rejoice in difference rather than uh, say, well, oh no, we're all the same. We're not. I remember a, a pastor telling me one time, he said, a black pastor, he said to me, don't ever say that again. He said, I don't like your music. I don't like your food. He started rattling off all the stuff he didn't like about my life, you know? And he said, but it's okay, right? Because, because we have some things that are different and then we get to rejoice in them if, we, if we'll make that choice. Yeah, just as just as Derek, uh, where I took him to lunch when we were in Fort Worth to see if our uh, food tastes are different. <laughs> right, and I did not like it. Okay, <laughs> where did he take you? Some basically hobby. I need to clarify this. I need to clarify this. There's a there's a famous market in Fort Worth called Central Market. 
and it's a grocery store, but it's also an eating place. And so he, for the life of him, came out, why am all, we could go anywhere. This person offered to take us anywhere to eat. And you're taking me to a grocery store? <laughs> to buy from like the salad section and yeah. stuff like that. Well, no. he's a high roller. Oh, right. My goodness. right. I'm like, why are we at the grocery store? You know, you go to the grocery store to shop. <laughs> Derek, tell tell us what you're doing these days. Tell me how you spend your time. Well, pretty much a homebody with my family. That's take, pretty much it. <laughs> take care of that guy. And enjoying my good. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I knew that would have to come up. That's so so unfortunate. Hey, yeah. Let me let me say this. He's a, he's a phenomenal dad. As you can see, he's sitting right next to his son doing some homework, and and it has been so neat and has blessed my heart so much to see him uh, break the cycle, as you will say. So, and, and Adam, uh, for people that didn't didn't see you or hear you when you were on my podcast before, you're the coach at Linkier Prep in Branson, which uh, is a prep school that's sending a lot of young men off to play college basketball. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so right now we currently have 34 players in Division One programs from the last four years. So it's a little over eight kids signing Division One scholarships a year. And uh, just once again, basketball, I, I think it's just a tool that you get to impact young men's lives like Derek and I got to do together in Kansas City. And so uh, we've seen an unbelievable amount of success. And I would be uh, remiss not to give all the credit and glory to God because what we've been able to do in, in the short time we've been doing this is 100%. The, the Lord. You just don't do what we've done without something supernatural behind you. So. People that uh, are a part that visit our website, you've got three players at Southern Illinois Edwardsville, uh, the Wright Twins, and Desmond Polk, if I remember right. And then uh, uh, ben, over Ben Harvey at SIU. And then ben Harvey at SIU is who, tearing it up. Mer yeah, he was just Missouri Valley Player of the Week. So, uh, yeah, they, you, you're sending guys to my league, so I appreciate that because I want yep. my league to be great. Yep. Uh, so before we get uh, – you know, I don't want to keep you forever. Uh, your hopes about writing the book, why did you guys – why did you just say, well, okay, we had a great story, we have got a great friendship, why make it a book? Well, my, you know, we, we had uh, a manuscript that w was probably in play two years ago and uh, a publisher was lined up and they they just wanted to tour us like crazy and Derek being passionate about being a dad to Darius and me being a passion about being a husband I didn't I didn't want to be going 24 7 I, I just couldn't I didn't have the capacity and I don't think Derek got super excited about it either and so when the pandemic hit and I sat there and that manuscript was there all it was waiting on was me to crank out a couple more things and to edit it and and Derek had already completed most of his stuff and so I was just convicted I was like man this could really bless Derek. Like, like I, I think it could give him some opportunities. It could open some doors for him. Potentially, like you said, we are in a couple of conversations with some people that possibly want to push this to a movie. And, and I could, this could like be a life altering shift for him potentially. And so um, I just buckled up and said, I'm going to get this done. And so I can tell you my motivation, what was hoping to continually be a blessing in, in Derek's life and, and that the story, I believe in it so much because it's a God story. It's not an Adam story. It's not a Derek story. It's a God story. And it's what God has continually done for millennia when we're willing to get out of our own comfort zones and see how he'll use us. And, and so I get real passionate about telling God's story. So Derek, you, you, I want to ask you, you talked about uh, Adam and you both talked about your recent speaking engagements. When, when you're doing that, do you feel like, Hey, you know, this, I'm kind of wired for this. Well, I won't say that 
Not wait, as wait. of yet. Hold wait a minute. Did you watch? Did you see Adam? He got right up. He was going to really pay attention to what you said. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just telling you the truth. But I believe it's something I can eventually, you know, get more comfortable doing, you know. Like, well, you know, when you've never done this before, it's one thing to sit here at my dining room table in front of my child and talk to you. It's another room, another thing to get up in front of a bunch of people you don't know, especially if you're not even feeling good to begin with and then just speak, you know, talking to you, you're making the conversation so comfortable, you know. Well, listen, I, everybody that everybody that's on my website and you're watching this on Facebook Live because you know who I am, which is a very small potato, but you know that I'm a, I'm a hooper and a basketball player and you need to buy this book win by two. It'd be the perfect Christmas present for someone that loves basketball. And, and if you need a present for yourself, go out and buy this book. That's what I did. I bought it for myself and I'm telling you, it is a spectacular book. And, and I want to say it again, in light of the struggles that our nation is going through, the, the thing that you mentioned, Adam and, and Derek, you both said, I had to learn to trust that other guy. I had to learn to trust that other person, let them into my world or get into their world. And, and that's what is so lacking in our nation today, maybe across the world uh, today, is that we don't dare to get outside of our own little space and then trust somebody or, or hopefully build trust with them. And this book will really, it'll inspire you to actually just live your faith, to live your life, uh, but to look at it aggressively, intentionally about something that crosses some border or barrier that's artificially there. Uh, Adam, when you uh, finished this all up, I, I, I got to think you, when you got done, you were like, this is going to make a difference in people's lives. Well, I, I hope so. And, and, and that was the hope. But, you know, when I went through and edited it during the quarantine early on in the spring and midsummer, and I told Derek this in Texas, um, he's brave. Derek is really brave and he's really courageous. And uh, I could even choke up right now talking to you guys, but going through that book, even me having to relive some stuff, uh, man, it, it, it choked me up. I mean, it hit me. And, and so, but that's what God's story does. And so I, I'm hopeful and I'm still prayerful that some people would pick it up and, and see the redeemer that we have and the way he redeems stories and the way he's allowed Derek and I both a second chance when we both needed it. And Derek, when he first asked you, Hey, let's write a book. Let's put this book together. What did you think? Well, by then I already trusted him. <laughs> no, you see, so it's like a cheat code. I trusted him, you know? Right. So I was like, you know, if this is going to help people, it helps me as well. And then it's a way of getting something off your chest, you know. Mm. It's a, you know, it's almost like you share these particular things not to be negative, to really just show how powerful God is, and to realize although we're different, we yet the same. But you, all you have to do, you just got choices. Either you in or you out. You with God or you without God. Adam, you called yourselves the odd couple. We can't see this in the picture. Derek, six five. You're what about five ten? In five eight, thanks for five, the two eight. inches, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you guys must have been a hoot on the on the on the floor on the basketball court together. Uh, listen, I won't keep you. I appreciate your time. I just want to say it again: win by two. Adam Donye, D O N Y E S, 
and Derek Durrell, D-E, two R's, and E and two L's. Get it. Go online, Amazon, wherever you buy books. Get it. Your friends will love it. You will love it. And uh, it'll affect you. It'll impact you. It impacted my life. Uh, Derek, I appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Adam, thank you. Appreciate your friendship as we've started to get to know each other a little bit as well. Uh, any last words from either one of you? Thank you. Thank you for having us on. appreciate your time. I appreciate your friendship as well. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Appreciate it a lot. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs, <laughs> Go Chiefs baby. Go Chiefs all the time. That'll do it for us. You've been watching this on Facebook Live, also on our website, valleyhoopsinsider.com. Don't forget, since you've been there, make it a better place. We'll see you again real soon.